On this week's episode, Al and I are going to discuss the upcoming 2023 Breed Day Championships coming up this spring and then get into an in-depth discussion talking about the Tournament of Champions regions and finals on tap for April. Stay tuned for this one. You're listening to the UKC Hunting Ops Podcast, celebrating hunting dog heritage, competition, and community. United Kennel Club has been the hunting dog sports home for coonhounds, beagles, retrievers, pointers, cur feist, and more for over 125 years. This podcast is fueled by Yukonuba, the official performance dog nutrition partner of UKC. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the UKC Hunting Ops Podcast. I'll be hosting the show today. My name is Trevor Wade. I'm the Coonhound Program Manager here at UKC, and I'm joined today by the Director of Hunting Ops, Alan Gingrich. Alan, how are you doing? Doing well. Doing well. Very well, actually. Been a while since we've been down here and uh, got to tape one of these. It, a few it, weeks we've been on the road, ain't you? It has, yeah. I've been on the road a little bit. Uh, you missed Winter Classic, you know, so I did a bunch of those here. I guess that was the the issue or the episode just before this one. But uh, you missed a good one this year, for yeah. sure. Hated to miss it, but it looked like everything went smooth. and It did. It yeah. did. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, well, let's, let's, before we jump into today's topics, let's talk about our own hunting seasons. How's it? I know you got yourself a new dog. You've been getting to hunt a little bit here recently. Oh, I did. I uh, Like I said, I was gone. I was in Mississippi for two weeks, almost two weeks. So that kind of took away from that a little bit. So I hadn't had that new dog out yet, but I have. I, since then I've had him out a couple times. Matter of fact, just yesterday, we're recording this on a Monday. So yesterday I took him out and threw a little homer in there with him. And shoot, those two looked really good. Very nice. They looked good. Doing Except, some evening hunting, huh? Yeah. That was a little morning hunt yesterday, but oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was good. I know you went a couple of times after yeah. work there. Uh, it's it's amazing how a, a decent dog makes you get up and go hunt. Absolutely. You know, you know how that absolutely. works sometimes. Yep. But yeah, kind of liking this one. Yeah, just I can't wait to get him up north on snowshoe and see what he does on that. Yeah. Will you be going any this year or will I have to I wait hope, next year? I hope to, uh, the season will end, uh, the end of March. So I hope, hopefully I can get up there till, or, uh, before the end of the March. So. Yeah. My hunting, my hunting's kind of been on the back burner with some other things going on personal wise, but, uh, yeah, them extending coon season until the end of March. I'll get another whole whole uh, month here to hunt the young dog I got. So yeah, you've you've actually had a big thing going on at home, personally. <laughs> yeah, added another a new addition to the family. So yeah. it makes two little girls. I'm a, just a bona fide girl dad now. There you go. So there you go. Keeping me busy, but uh, I got to get to hunt the past two nights or do a little bit of dog work with the pup. And she actually treated her first wild coon last night. Oh so. yeah, talking about Jolene. Yeah, yeah. oh Jolene, she's a uh, and Brindley, my oldest daughter. She's fired up. She was. She was getting discouraged. You just got to be patient sometimes. Yeah. Got to be patient. <laughs> but yeah, she finally finally treated herself a coon last night. So now that I got the, I'm ready to go right now, but got to wait till dark, yep. I guess. Yeah. Been fired up about it. So uh, today's uh, episode is going to be, we're going to be talking about the upcoming uh, breed day events that I'll be traveling to. Uh, kind of going to take up a bulk of my spring and uh, go heading into summer for some of the late ones there in June. Um, and then we're going to, we're going to end up this podcast talking about Tournament of Champions, uh, qualifying season's over. We got a list of qualified dogs. Entries are open now, and we're going to give you all the all the gritty details about that. So hang around to the end to hear about that. Uh, but we'll start out here with the first breed day event that we have on tap, and that's going to be Tree and Walker Days. Uh, that's going to be April twentieth through twenty second at the Highland County Fairgrounds in Hills, Hillsboro, Ohio. Uh, I know you've been there a few times. This will be my first time in Hillsboro. Yeah, that's a nice fairgrounds they have. There, uh, plenty of room there, and uh, it's a 
It's a little hilly there. You're going to you're going to get into a few hills there, but it's a great place to have this hunt and uh they did well there before and yeah, good to see them go back there again this year. Good, yeah. Uh, their events get started on Thursday. Uh kind of kind of the big thing on Thursday at their event is Lee Crawford uh events that they have going on. They have the non-licensed Lee Crawford night hunt and bench show both where they uh take dogs that qualified throughout the year at their Trent Walker sectionals and they kind of compete there for for the prizes and they've kind of upped their prize package this year. And I want to make sure you guys go and look at their event ad. It has a lot of more details than what we may talk about here, but man, they've kind of revamped that, uh, the Lee Crawford prize package. And I think it's going to be a pretty big deal this year. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they, in addition to that, they also have the Lee Crawford pup extravaganza, which has, uh, exceedingly become more and more popular. seems like the, the entries for that Thursday night pup extravaganza grow every year. It's yeah. kind of a relatively new thing. Yeah, they've always had a, a nice pup hunt, you know, for a good number of years. They've done it a little differently here, but there's no qualification requirements anymore. Uh, but it's just open to Walker puppies born on or after April 20th of 2021. Yeah. If you have a pup that has a birth date, uh, April 21 or April 20th of 2021 or after, you're eligible for it. Yeah. And this is a hunt that uh, it's licensed, and also they have a pretty good payout for. That. I think they pay out like seventy percent of the of the entry revenue to the winners of this this uh, the cast winners of this pup hunt. So yeah, uh, those, yeah, as those entries grow, that payout keeps getting larger and larger. Yeah. And just for the, don't don't forget the old timers here. They have a non licensed old old timer hunt on Thursday night as well for for any handlers fifty five and older. Yeah. So those are the three events going on at Walker Days on Thursday. Not counting the show, they have a they have a Lee Crawford show as well on Thursday. So the Lee Crawford uh, uh, hunt pup extravaganza, and then uh, the non licensed old timers night hunt. Yep, heading into Friday, kind of get into the to the regular event where we're competing for the overall uh, title of Tree and Walker overall winners. Uh, that we'll have our bench show and night hunt there on Friday, uh, and also they have kind of a thing that they've been doing for the past uh, I don't know five six seven years seems like with the Tree and Walker's Legend conversation. I saw that's at 2 o'clock in the main building. A couple good ones in store this year. Uh, Whitey Marshall and James Turpin, too. Th those will be good ones. I remember several years ago they had asked me to do the first couple that they did, and they've had some good ones. I think the first year they had maybe two or three of them. And um, uh, I just haven't been able to be there. You know, this weekend this uh, their event falls on April the 20th through the 22nd on that weekend, and that is the same weekend as our Hunting Beagle Nationals. And that's kind of the autumn oaks for beagles, so uh, I need to be there at that one. So I, that's why I miss Walker Days a lot when it falls on this weekend. It's going to do the same thing again here. But that is that is one thing I've always enjoyed uh, there at Walker Days that uh, they call it conversation with legends, I think, or something like that, legends conversation. So, yeah, it's going to be good. Whitey Marshall, James Turpin, be two good ones. Yeah, be good. And I think last year they kind of they uh, had Clayton Stark there. I don't know what, they, what their plans are this year, obviously, but – uh, they they put it on YouTube and yeah. on Facebook for yep. people to listen to it. So make sure, even if you can't make it to the event, make sure to tune into that because those are going to be some good uh, good conversation pieces. Going to happen at 2 o'clock on Friday. Yeah. Moving into Saturday, of course, they got the Ben show and the night hunt again, but this time on Saturday they have a confirmation show, uh, bringing in all-breed stuff there early on Saturday morning uh, around 9 o'clock is when it is. Be sure to check the event ad and the event's calendar for specific times and entry fees and that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. They've added a confirmation show to that. Yeah, and then their format for the hunt is a little different than most of the breed hunts. Can you go into that a little bit? Yeah, you know, we won't mention a, the format on a bunch of them because on a lot of them, it's going to just be uh, taking double cast winners over the weekend. That's going to be your, your overall hunt winner. At Walker Days, it's a little bit different the way they do it. Uh, they'll take on fr both Friday and Saturday night, they're going to take the top eight uh, cast winners by their score as long as they're Tree and Walker Association members. 
and they're going to draw them out into two four-dog casts to go out late. Um, and that if those two winners have plus points, and they'll actually advance to the late round on Saturday night, which is actually the third round. Mm-hmm. Um, they do that both nights, and that's where they get their final cast from. That's on the, I say, the third round on late on Saturday night to crown yeah. the overall winner. Do you know how long those hunts are, the late round hunts? Are they hour or 90 minutes, or what are they? Uh, 90 minutes early, 90 minutes late, and I think the final cast is 60 minutes. Okay, yeah. So, so yeah, you're right. That does pack uh, a bunch of uh, hunts into that Saturday night hunt. Yeah. I know people talk about it. You always hear about it being a disadvantage to do it on Saturday night because you're going to have to hunt three casts in a row, theoretically, if you get in on Saturday night. But I think the Saturday night, talking to Michael Lester last year about that because he was out on the final cast with us, talking about how they've kind of squashed that. It seems to be the Saturday night winner usually does pretty good in that final cast. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but uh, they they have a pretty decent payout there too. Just like on Thursday night, then the final casts are going to pay out up to five thousand uh, dollars, twenty five hundred for first, twelve fifty for second, seven hundred fifty for third, and five hundred bucks for fourth place. So there's a good payout for the hunt throughout yep. the event. Uh, the show is pretty standard format uh, as the rest of the breed days, where they're going to bring back their category winners uh, on both days to show for the overall. There you so, go. So then a week after that, you'll be back on the road again for uh, American Leopard Days. Killbuck, yeah. Ohio, Holmesville, Ohio. Yeah, heading back to uh, Holmesville, Ohio there on April 27th through 29th for Leopard Days. Missed it last year. First time I've missed it since I worked here. I was over helping you with a gun dog. You were a little short on that, so I went down to Mississippi with you for a gun dog event. But uh, going to be back there this year. Uh, Thursday, they'll have their all Leopard RQE. Had really good numbers there for that last year in Holmesville, going back to Holmesville. Um, and then on Friday and Saturday, they kind of have a full full uh, gamut of events they have a field show. trials water races everything they have a nice facility there for that for both field trial and water races right there by the club yeah you've talked to me about their water race pond a, a few different times and i've been scheduled to go to holmesville i think four times now and uh whether it was you've a never tornado, been, you've never been there still not been there really, they really? Had a tornado yeah. last year in holmesville for yeah. plot days yep that's right and they ended up moving it to brazil later in the year because of some of the damage done to that local area and then uh, obviously I went with you to the Beagle event and I still not been there, but this year I'll, I'm going. Hey, they're at Killbuck is what they call the place right there. And it's it's a great place for an event like this to have water races, field trials, everything. They have a, just a, a good place to camp. They have uh, camper hookups there and plenty of it, you know, so it's always been a good place for a coon hunt. Plot days has been there a bunch, red bone days, probably not big enough for black and tan days or, or walker days maybe, but uh, for some of these others, it's perfect. Yeah. Perfect location. Still in a little bit of hills here in Holmesville, aren't they? It is. It's it's not too bad, but it's it's hillier than it is here. But it's just a it's just a good place. So yeah, yeah. Then on the third third weekend in a row here, I'll hit, be heading right back to Ohio. This time to Mount Gilead, Ohio. There at the Morrow County Fairgrounds, May fourth through sixth for Black and Tan Days. Yeah, they have quite a few events there this year. They have uh, this one, and, and I know they also have. Well, they're going to have the TOC regions. They're also going to have the hold the zones for a World Championship final. So. There's uh they've got a lot going on in Mount Gilead this year. Yeah, they're staying busy, but uh pretty popular place. We talked to them and they don't seem overwhelmed. They're <laughs> excited for it. They were excited to get the world finals and uh well, like the, ten days is not easy. The good thing, like you need for any big event, you need some you need outlining help and they really have it. They're Marion County Coon Club, the Ashland Club, the Knox County Club, you know, close by. And uh, we're going to probably mention they're going to have warm-up hunts. At, uh, and, uh, but it's good to have those uh, neighboring clubs, and that's what you need to be able to put on big events like this. Yeah. I think Black and Tan Days is probably one of the events you think of a few of the breed day events. People travel to it for the whole week, make it a whole week's vacation. They'll come in on Sunday already, the week before the event, and uh, 
to accommodate that, the, the uh, Mount Gilead Club here has done a had a good idea to have uh, Monday through Wednesday warm up events at some of the surrounding clubs. Right. Then you're having people hunt legally uh, with you know without having to have a license, they can go out with a permit and get their dog stretched out, get acclimated to the area, and also they're, they're giving the clubs here a little bit of uh, money incentive to help out. Not just that, if you get a cast win, it's going to go on the dog's record. Oh, that's so yeah that's for the hunters. That's yeah. a win 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 yeah. for everybody. For everybody. Yeah. Right. So that Monday, uh, Marion County Coon Hunters in Larue, Ohio, will be hosting a warm up event. Uh, Tuesday, up it's moving up to Ashland County Coon Hunters in Ashland, Ohio. And then on Wednesday, it's going to be at Knox County Coon Hunters in Gambier, Ohio. Yep. So. That'll be a good deal. Yep. Then they're also going to have some other events, uh, a senior hunt just right there at the fairgrounds on Wednesday. And then also the big uh, their big uh, signature Champions Classic hunt-off. Yeah. Yeah, looks like that's non-licensed this year, but that's one that uh, you have to be pre-qualified for. You have to be invited to, so that's not going to be an open event. That's one that uh, you have to be invited to, but that's when they have their top 16, I think, for the breed that they accumulate points through the year at sectionals or uh, placing in major events, and they'll be hunting off on Wednesday there uh, at Black and Tan Days. Yeah, that's been a pretty pretty popular little deal that they have on Wednesday night, that Champions Classic for sure. And then Thursday is one of the biggest days at Black and Tan Days. There's uh, it's it's always fun. They have so many different categories going on. There's a ton of dogs and people there. Uh, obviously, one of the premier events on that Thursday is the All Black and Tan RQE. They're going to have night hunt and, and bin show both. Uh, they'll have the Champions Classic portion of the bin show, which is similar to the night hunt we talked about on Wednesday, but it'll be on Thursday once something you got to be up. qualified for as well. That's right. They'll have a dual champion night hunt there on Thursday. They'll have a non-licensed pup hunt on Thursday, and then they'll have a non-licensed all-black and tan hunt. I guess if, maybe if you're already qualified for the world, you don't want to hunt in the qualifier, or I think it might be a little bit of a cheaper entry fee since it's a non-licensed right. event. So there's kind of something for everybody there yeah. on that Thursday to hunt, as long as you got a black and tan. Yep, that's it. That's <laughs> right. And they will hunt a pile of them. Yep. You go to black and tan days, you've probably not ever seen that many black and tan days at one hunt. You'll yep. see them here on Thursday night especially. Yep. Thursday and Friday night. Yep. It's amazing how many guys come out of the woodworks with black and tans. That's right. And then on uh, on Friday and Saturday, they'll have the bench shows and night hunts, of course. But also they have their black and tan youth championship over those two days for the night hunt. Friday uh, and Saturday. Friday and Saturday right. night. So both nights uh, there'll be uh, youth cast uh, for the youth championship. And uh, those guys do an awesome, awesome job with that. Of course, Philip Heron has headed that for many, many years. And he's got a new a new. Uh, person in charge of it, Josh Renfro from Arkansas. He's got a couple of young youngsters that he's traveling around with. Yeah. Uh, actually got a cast win at uh, winter classic. I saw as uh, one of his kids did and, uh, but they're doing an awesome job and Philip is still all, you know, he's, he's still there helping out and they do a great job for the youth. But. Yeah. He's done an, an amazing job with just uh, promoting the youth for the black and tan association and all youth for that matter. But yeah, that's Friday and Saturday. Both of those hunts are licensed, right? That's right. Yeah. I think they hunt close yep. to about, about 25 dogs there last yeah. year, seemed like yeah. in the youth portion only. Mm -hmm. So, and then on Saturday, like, uh, like we talked about for Walker days, they're having a confirmation show here. That seems to be getting more yeah. and more popular. Yeah. So, yeah. Hey, you know, so there's a couple of the breed associations have youth events, licensed youth events at their breed day hunts, but that's where you take you need to take your boots, your light, and help them out, help them judge. <laughs> I always enjoyed judging those youth casts. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yep. Let's see. We got a little bit of a gap here. We got a we got one weekend off here before I head to Hartford City, Indiana for National Blue Tick Days. That's going to be May 18th through 20th this year. That's when that kind of floats around a little bit, I think, depending upon uh, Father's Day weekend and when it falls. But uh, this year it's going to be May 18th through 20th. Hartford City Fairgrounds in Hartford City, Indiana. This will be my first time going there, but I know it's not far from a place where we have a lot of major events, Portland and Richmond yep. and all those places. Yep, it's just a little bit north of Richmond, uh, right there on uh, just off of Interstate 69. 
and Highway 26 is where it is. But yeah, good place for good place for an event. And uh, similar to uh, Black and Tan Days, Blue Tick Day is going to have some warm-up events throughout the week for anybody who's there early. Uh, starting out on Monday at the Blackford County Coon Hunters in Hartford City. Uh, Tuesday, Delaware County Coon Hunters in Selma. And then uh, the last warm-up will be Wednesday at the Limberlost Coon Hunters in Bryant. Yep, three good clubs. They'll put you in plenty of nice hunting, too, on those three nights for sure. Uh, heading into Thursday, they're going to be uh, having their all-Blue Tick events. For starting off with their all-Blue Tick RQE night hunt bench show. That's always a a really high entry event uh, for their uh, Blue Tick RQE. Yeah, and just for folks to know, even though you're already qualified, this is one RQE and only a breed-specific RQE uh, that you can enter again. Uh, and But these are the only ones because usually once you're already qualified, you can't enter in another uh, qualifier other than a breed-specific one, and this would be one of those. Yeah, and he's talking night hunts there. Yeah, um, yep. Yeah, bench, bench shows you can enter yeah. as many RQEs as you want to, but I'm talking about the night hunts. You're right, and that makes sense. I mean, you come all the way to National Blue Tick Days you're on Thursday night. That's the only event that they're having. Yeah, yeah. If you're already qualified, you can still compete in the event exactly. and still get a cash win. Yeah, they do have an invitational hunt or something as well on that. They do yeah. another event where you have to qual qualify it throughout the year. I'm not sure what their uh, qualification requirements are, but they're on that Thursday night. They'll have their invitational hunt, which is always always see some nice blue dogs in there. Right. And then on Friday, they'll have their show portion of the Invitational, uh, where obviously they qualify through it for it throughout the year for the non-licensed Invitational show there on Friday, in addition to their normal bench show and night hunt they'll be having. And moving on to Saturday, they have, again, bench show, night hunt, and this time a confirmation show, but it's a double double confirmation show. They'll have two rings going at one time, two different judges, and they'll be running two in, in conjunction with, so with each other. So they'll basically have three shows going on that Saturday, two confirmation shows and a bench show. A lot of opportunities there to go yeah. and get some titles on your dogs. Yeah. The whole week. So Yep. Blue Tick Days, Hartford City Fairgrounds. Now, I can't remember a breed day being at Hartford City since I've been here. So that it'll be a it's a great area. I know where I know where it's at. I've just not been to an event there at Hartford City. Yeah, you know, I it's, talked to uh Chad McCoin. Yeah. He's from that area. Yeah, he's he's kind of the president of that of that Hartford City club. And uh talking with him, he had been in a lot of contact with the Portland Club. They couldn't get their fairgrounds. Oh. Harford City's there close by, right. but they're going to lean on each other a lot. I think there's going to be an overlap, a lot of overlap there between yeah. judges and management. So, yep. but it'll be exciting to go to a new place, kind yep. of a new facility, and see how it works out. Right. Uh, next one here: National Redbone Days. Um, they've moved their date a little bit further back this year. It was in March last year, but this year it's going to be June first through third. Uh, going back to a place that I've been to a few times over the past few years, a couple of times for world championships. Yeah. That's the Miami County fairgrounds in Peru, Indiana. Black and tan days was there a couple of years ago. Yeah. That's a great spot for a major event. I, I know uh, Peru, Rochester, those are all real close together. Walker days has been there the past two years uh, up until this year. And that's just, there's a lot of good clubs there that work together well and can hunt a pile of dogs and right. do a good job doing it, putting you in coons. Um, but they get started out on Thursday. I talked to TJ Bowling before because they sometimes move their, their uh, Redbone RQE between this event and uh, the U.S. Redbone Days that happens in August. Uh, but it is going to be at this one in Peru in April this year, um, and they're going to be able to have the full gauntlet. This is what I wasn't sure of at the Miami County Fairgrounds. In June, in June not yeah. April. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Sorry, June. June. Um, yeah, so the I wasn't sure about water race and field trial there at the Miami County Fairgrounds, but it sounds like they're probably going to have those off-site. And okay. we know – Russ Beller is there close by. He has probably one of the better swim ponds around. So I think they may be going offsite to do those two things. Yeah. So they and, will be having those all weekend. And that'll be just a matter of about a mile, mile and a half down the road. That's it. Yeah. 
not very far away. But that Thursday is going to be their all red events. Obviously, the Ben Show and the Night Hunter qualifiers, and they'll also schedule to have a water race and field trial as well. And that'll be the same for the, over the course of the weekend. Friday and Saturday, it's open to all breeds, and they'll have the full the full gamut: Night Hunt, Ben Show, water race, and field trial. Brings us to English days. Charlie Brown Park in Florida, Illinois. Yeah. You wouldn't, I don't know if I could count how many times I've been to Charlie Brown Park, but it's a, man, it is a good place for a coon hunt. That's for sure. Yeah. Can't, can't really think of many better places in the country just to accommodate coon hunters and a club that can pretty much put on a major event in their sleep at this point. They're right. just like a well-old machine back there. Sure but. is. Sure is. So they're the second weekend in, in June for English Days. Yeah, that next weekend, June 7th through 10th, will be English Days in, in Florida, like we said, at the Charlie Brown Park. And they get started out on Wednesday night. Uh, and they've actually they've opted to have their qualifier on Wednesday night. They're all English qualifier. Uh, night Hunt and will be on Wednesday night. And, you know, I wasn't sure about that to begin with. You know, I had some uh, conversations with the with the association. They thought they could make it work. And, hey, they've kind of yeah. proved me wrong. They've had some yeah. really good entries there. Yeah. And one of the reasons they wanted to have it on Wednesday is because Thursday they have the Champion of Champions hunt, which has become a big deal in the English Association. Uh, another event that you got to be qualified for, and they always through have a their sectionals. There. Yep, through their sectionals throughout the year. And then they have uh, the the – all English bench show night hunt, and then maybe a water race. They weren't sure yet going to get with him. It's a little bit ahead of time here. We're a few uh, right. few months out from needing the specific information from them. But uh, yeah, they in other words, they still there. have time to make changes to their schedule or or add or or whatever they want to do for their schedule. Right. Right. And the bench show that Thursday is also a big deal. The Vicky Hill Memorial bench show. They always have a good entry for it, and uh, it's very prestigious in the English breed. Mm-hmm. And then on Friday and Saturday, again, you're going to have just their uh, bench show and night hunts on those on those, both of those weekend days. And uh, that brings us to uh, the last Charter Breed Day of the year. That next weekend, I'll be heading back to Florida. May as well just stay. Yeah. <laughs> Charlie Brown Park, June 15th through 17th, uh, National Plot Days. Uh, going to be warm, I'm sure, over those two weeks there in Florida. But uh, that never stops them. And they definitely still score coons and see some good dog work there. But like the others, on Thursday, we're going to see an all-plot RQE. Uh, been showing night hunt and then they're also going to have field trial and water race on all three days they're going to have the full game at been show field trial water race and night hunt on all of those events and uh yeah we we only mentioned really the hunt format for walker days i just want to reiterate on most of these they're going to be going by double cast winner format is going to be your overall winner uh so no need to be redundant. That's kind of how the rest of them do it. But be sure you're looking at their event ads, seeing specific details about, you know, membership meetings and dinners and all that stuff. We're a little bit ahead of it now, but wanted to plant the seed for everybody that may be traveling this year, right. what they can look forward to right. for this year's uh, Breed Day events. And some really good places for all seven of these chartered breed association events this year, for sure. Places that they've been all other than Hartford City, but that area, you know, for where English Day is going to be, is it's a great area, but yeah. All these other places have put on plenty of big hunts, and and these uh, members of their, these associations can look forward to some a good breed day event for sure. I'm a little bit jealous. You get to go to all of them. And I've told you I'll I'll uh, go to any one of them, but you don't seem to want to give any of them up for me. But <laughs> yeah, you know it. It kind of makes it hard because you, you you know as good, as well as me, you kind of build a relationship with the you people do. You do. in each breed and and you the do. people, and it's hard to. Say, hey, you can have this breed yeah. or what have you, especially when I know you're traveling all those weekends too. Yeah. So it, blue tick days, I probably did fewer blue tick days than any of the rest. As a matter of fact, I know I did because Todd Kellum was always, I want to do blue tick days. Give me blue tick days, <laughs> yeah. you know. So, uh, but it's it's a lot, you know, and you travel a lot and 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 it's good that you, you like to go to them because there's a bunch of back-to-backs here, you know. And like I said, I would uh, definitely 
help out where he needs needs some help this year in the travel schedule, but uh, maybe I'll sneak to one or two anyways. Yeah, you'll see one of us there. <laughs> yeah, anybody listen? Hey, and that, I, we we should yeah. talk about that some. You know, we we try to go to the all the charter breed days. We try to go to some other uh, major high profile events when we have the time and a travel schedule uh, does so. And and you know when we go to those, it's we were just there to have a presence and to, yeah. to talk to you guys and to. And to help you out best we can, you know, we take back any hunt paperwork that's going on. We take back any registration paperwork that that's happening or try to help solve issues or questions that anybody may have. And it's our opportunity to get out and see people face to face and make relationships with people. It is for sure. You know, bring those dog papers or transfers or whatever you have, bring them, give them to you, you know, turn them in and, we'll, and you'll bring them back. Generally what the registration department does, they'll work on that first thing Tuesday morning. And usually by Wednesday, they have it turned around. That paperwork's going back out. So that's a good way to do that. Another one this year is a new rules change year, you know. And there's uh, some guys are still going to be a little green on some of the changes. Perfect opportunity to talk with you and yeah. and maybe even you cover some of those this year. So. And we oftentimes have rule books. Yeah. I'll have rule books at them. Come you can by get and get all your those. rule book. Yep. Yeah. Anything like that. Yep. So don't don't be uh, shy to come over and introduce yourself. And, right. And uh, we'll build that relationship. Alan, we both had Dr. Pathfinder 2s now for a little while. What do you think about yours? I'm liking mine. One of the things I had the opportunity to now download a map of an area where I did not have service, and I've used it there, and it has worked flawlessly. I love it. Yeah, I love the crystal clear maps. I love that I never lose reception on my dog's collars anymore. Highly recommended by me as well. Dogtra Pathfinder 2, the official GPS collar partner of UKC. Yeah, now we'll get into the talking about the tournament champions a little bit. I always enjoy talking about that. I know you do too. Uh, we kind of have our final qualifier list sitting around. Uh, well, we're sitting right at one thousand three hundred thirty dogs right now. We're liable to get a couple more here uh, if any wins were to trickle on from somebody whose dog may have not been permanently registered at the time. But that's pretty going to be pretty close to it. Almost right on par with last year's numbers. So yeah. pleased with that. Um, but we're going to talk a little bit about entries because by the time you guys listen to this, entries are well open. They've been open since February 1st. Uh, you more than likely uh, received your informative packet that had your certificate of achievement, your information page with uh, times and deadlines and all that stuff. But when you listen to this, you're only going to have a few more days to enter. March 10th is the deadline to get entered, March 10th at midnight. Um, and, uh, you know, for this event specifically, we're really pushing people to do the online entry so we don't have to. Uh, fight the mail and actually that's the only way to do it is go to ukcdogs.com uh, to the ukc tournament of champions tab to get entered up and if you're having any trouble with the online issues just give us a call at the hunt in the in the hunting ops department yeah you're right we can take them over the phone our, our uh, department can but the biggest thing that i see that folks are where they're having trouble is they're probably not reading some of the fine print one of them is when you enter your dog's ukc number don't put that comma or the hyphen in there that's it right. just keep everything together the the letter first letter and then six digits all uh right next to each no commas if you yeah. put that comma in there it's going to kick it back yeah because the way our programmers have it set up, you can't enter a dog that isn't on the list of qualified dogs. Um, so if you try to put a comma or a dash D or something in there, that's not in the list of UKC numbers that we sent them. It's very specific. So you have to put in uh, the correct thing and it tells you right there beside it. Just uh, make sure you do that. And, and like I said, if you're having any trouble, you can reach out to us. We'll help you best we can. But, uh, getting a lot of messages and stuff and calls about the invites that are going out. 
Uh, those went out to the first owner on the dog's record, uh, not the handler or who the new owner is that hasn't transferred paperwork. So it's going to go to the first owner we have on file here at UKC. Um, and you don't necessarily have to have it to enter. You don't have to have it to enter the dog at all. Basically, it's just telling you how to enter the dog. Yeah, and that's also why it's important for new owners or whenever you have address changes to keep us up to date on that. Get it, uh, get it updated with UKC. There's no charge for an update uh, address or anything like that. There's a form for you to fill out, a change of address form, and for us to change any dogs that need an address change. But that's, uh, we, it seems like we mail a lot, uh, you know, 1,330 here, you know, so anybody yep. had didn't have their address updated, unfortunately, is not going to get this invite. Yeah, that's right. And then uh, the next thing after March 10th, the next thing to worry about is the actual regions themselves. The, yeah. the six TOC regions, those will be going down March 31st and April 1st. Um, we'll talk a little bit about how that goes down. It's as simple as you need to be there at your at the location uh, of your event by 5 p.m. each day to confirm your entry. Make sure they know you're there. Uh, those are hard deadlines. There's no no exceptions, no exclusions. You got to be there and you got to confirm your entry by that time each day to hunt. Yeah, give yourself plenty of time to get there. Between three and five, they'll confirm. And it seems like there's, uh, you know, always every year there's somebody that was late. You know, yep. give yourself plenty of time. And like you said, there are no exceptions to it. You know, so, uh, yeah, you yep. you heard it here. Yep. Make, just make sure you're there in plenty of times. And also every now and then you hear of somebody that had been there, just got was goofing off not paying attention to time and didn't get their dog confirmed. So that's very important. So uh, yeah, make sure you get your dog confirmed 5 p.m. local time each night, Friday night and Saturday night, both. And there's going to be quite a few dogs at each of these uh, six region locations. I think probably a safe thing for someone to do that's entered in, into the event is to go, whenever we post the the list of the inner dogs in the event, go on there, see who you know that's going to be there, maybe reach out to them. If something were to happen, maybe your truck broke down or something on the way to the event, maybe they can help you out, confirm you, or or be able to help you out get into the event or something. Know who's going to be there. That way they can help you out because when you're calling the Master of Hounds and he's confirming, you know, 200 entries, you're not going to get in touch with him. He's got a lot of stuff going on, you know, getting guides and judges together and drawing yeah. casts. It's a busy day, so make sure you know somebody who may be at the event or or acquaint yourself with that list and where to find it at least. Yeah, matter of the matter of fact, the Master Hounds is probably not going to take your phone call. That's you right. need to just call your one of your buddies or something to help you out if you're if you happen to be running late, you know, to get your entry confirmed. Yeah. So hey, we should talk the format a little bit. It's yeah. very, very similar to the the zones, but there's a few subtle differences. So let's talk about that a little yeah. bit. Mm -hmm. First off, it's a two-night event, March 31st and April 1st, that Friday, Saturday, uh, and they're both two-hour casts, and you're gonna have there's gonna be a hunting judges assigned to each cast. Unless, Great time of the year for a hunt, too, perfect, isn't it? Yeah. Perfect. Uh, I know last year the it, you know, leaves were still off good in all six of the regions. They scored a bunch of coons. It's it's a perfect year. Mm -hmm. Time here for the hunt, but hunting judges on each cast and we don't know sitting here today how many dogs are going to be advancing from each region we know 96 dogs are going to the finals and we're going to have to base the number of dogs advancing from each region on the total number of entries compared to the number of entries into each region to figure out how many are advancing to the next round right and then what that amounts to is it doesn't matter how many dogs a region has it's so many so many dogs uh, after X amount of dogs, is you're going to send one on to the finals. So it's the same at every event. It's not like one one location has an advantage or sends more right. per per overall number of dogs. It's all prorated. That's so, right. So it doesn't matter which region you go to. They're going to send the same. It's going to be the same equation. Percentage so, of yeah, dogs are getting exactly. sent. So. Yep. Um, and the way that we uh, figure out the advancing dogs is simple. Double cast winners will go, be the first to go. There's always uh, open slots left after that. And to fill the rest of the allotment of advancing dogs, we're going to be taking the single cast high uh, scores. Right. Single cast winning high scores. 
uh, to fill out the remainder. Uh, one one difference in this event in the zones that uh, talking kinda, about the world zones. That's right, the world zones that, that may trip people world up a little bit. Championship zones, yeah. Is in this event, you can actually you have the option. Obviously, it's a huge advantage to hunt both nights. You give yourself, you know, the inside track of advancing. But if you were to miss the deadline on Friday night, or for some reason can't hunt both nights, you can hunt one night and still advance. Still eligible, even if you only hunt one night. Yeah, right. that's right. Mm-hmm. It doesn't completely knock you out of of it. And also, whenever you're hunting, as long as you don't get scratched for fighting, uh, if you were to get scratched for off game, or the hour were to catch you after calling a timeout, or uh, you know maybe you minus out of the event, took a couple of slick trees, you can still uh, compete in the next night. Or if you had a castle in the first night, minus out the second night, right. your score was good enough, you can still advance. In the, zone, in the world zones, you can't do that, but that's a different wrinkle for the TOC. That's that's right. You know, in the world zones, if you scratch or withdraw or whatever, that ends your your world championship ends there. That's yeah. not true with the uh, with the regions. Like you said, the only way you don't get to hunt two ways, two things actually. Number one is a, a dog scratch for fighting. Uh, that dog would be done. And number two is unsportsmanlike conduct. That's right. You get scratched for that. You're 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 also done. Yeah. And you know we've we've talked about that. We obviously we've had a lot of no- questions about this. Uh, and I think both of us when we were talking about it is it should be a little bit harder to win the world. There should be your dog should have to be more perfect to win the world than it does the TOC. I think. And that's just a subtle difference between the two. Uh, talking about. I'm this- not going to get into that debate. But- <laughs> <laughs> Uh, talking about the, uh, the six locations. It's going to take a pretty fair dog to win this guy too. Oh yeah. It sure will. Yeah. And you're more than likely not going to be able to make a mistake like that in advance, but I guess that's just not here nor there. Yeah. But I do like that. There is a little bit of a difference like that. And I like those differences. Yeah. Yeah. And it's important to know those differences. So Mm -hmm. we talked about it there a little bit, uh, talking about the regions we can, uh, the locations that we were selected. Uh, the first one, there's been a slight change to region one. Uh, I think it's like it's a in five the northwest, or 10 minute drive. Northwest. Yeah. Well, we've been uh, advertising Kirksville, uh, Missouri for the past uh, few months for that event and uh, got a call from uh, their club there, John Higgins with their club, and they're having to actually move the event to the American, the American Legion building in La Plata, Missouri. Yeah. Uh, we've put that on the website, uh, everywhere that we can on the, uh, on the entry form, all that good stuff. Uh, it's just a few miles down the road. They had a double booking issue there at the fairgrounds, it sounded like, so they had to make this change. But it's going to be right there close by, and they're making all the necessary uh, changes to make sure that everybody uh, is good to go there. Yeah, and it sounds like it's none of the club's doings. It it was a double booking by the fairgrounds, so it's none of, none of their fault. But, yeah, so they, they're just going to move it down the road. Way worse things could have happened. Oh, so yeah. we appreciate yeah. them uh, moving in that in a timely they manner. Let us, they let us know as soon as they found out about it, too. So that was just last Friday when they called us. So that uh, American Legion building in La Plata will be where Region 1 is. Region 2, LaGrange County Fairgrounds in LaGrange, Indiana. Not far from here, but uh, that's our newest region that we added this year uh, to kind of alleviate Mount Gilead's issues right. of, of just uh, having a ton of dogs. So I think that's going to be a really popular region this year. I countries. think so too. And they're, they're going to be able to send those casts out, you know, north about every direction, you know, and get into good hunting there out of LaGrange. So I think that'll help uh, Mount Gilead for sure. Region three is going to be at the Morrow County Fairgrounds in Mount Gilead, Ohio. We already talked about that place. One of the premier places in the country to hold a coon hunt. Uh, region four is going to be at the Logan Hubble Park in Lancaster, Kentucky. It's been there the past two years. This will be the third time there. So they're doing a great job putting dogs in the woods at that region. Mm-hmm. Uh, region five going to be back at the Arkansas Wildlife Management Building in Conway, Arkansas. Same place it's been in the past couple of years. Have always had good hunts out of region five there in Conway. And then down in the southeast, same place as last year and the year before that, Madison County Fairgrounds in Comer, Georgia. Yep. 
Uh, so uh, be sure you're familiar with your region. Be sure you know you need to be there at 5 p.m. and uh, be sure you know how to get there. And and good luck to you, everybody hunting. In the yeah. Area. Hey, when we say to be there by 5 p.m., you know, the deadline to be in line to confirm is actually 5 p.m., you know, yeah. so don't want to, don't want to uh, have anybody be late, five o'clock. Yeah. All right. So then uh, I figured that it would be a, uh, kind of fun to talk about some numbers here yeah, uh, we, we always like yeah, talking about yeah, numbers yeah. and individual dogs so yeah. the first thing we'll talk about you got 1330 dogs uh qualified let's talk about the breed breakdown a yeah. little bit uh this year 88 black and tans are qualified we got three leopards 131 blue ticks 185 english 17 plots 40 red bones 826 walkers and 40 expreds yeah there's two numbers that kind of stand out to me in looking at this. Uh, English is down 38 this yeah. year. 38 down. Then walkers are up 46. Yeah. Almost, almost cancel make, each other out there. Yeah. But. <laughs> I don't know what to make of it. We talked about yeah. it a little bit. I don't know if there's any good rhyme or reason for it. It may just be one of those things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, black and tans going back, starting at the top, there are 88 black and tans, 48 males and 40 females, very evenly balanced there between males and females. Leopards, just the three males, no females. Blue ticks, what do you have there? 97, or sorry, uh, blue ticks, eight, 73 blue tick males, 58 uh, blue tick females. Um, in the English, we talked about down 38 overall, but still a strong yeah. show in 185 right. of them, 97 males and 88 females. You know, one thing that stood out to me was the X spreads. They yeah. just keep, they're up nine this year, up to 40. Yep. They keep kind of climbing and they climbing. Do. Sure so, do. And we'll probably see even more. Yeah, uh, on par now with the, the red bones there. Uh, They've moved up uh, past the leopards and the plots, and now on par with the red bones. Yeah, the red bones are as, they're as even as could be, 20 and 20, 20 males and 20 females. Yeah, and the breakdown of the walkers, man, what a pile of, of walkers here. 439 <laughs> walker males and 387 walker females. Right. Uh, and that sex breakdown total goes 716 males and 614 females. Yeah. Pretty straight down the middle mm -hmm. when you think about it and where the sports came in that, in that front of people competing with their good females. And there's a lot of good females out there. Back in the old days, I think we talked about it here before the show came on, before we started this today or whatever. Back in the old days, it seemed like males always dominated, especially in the big, the world championships, bigger hunts. But anymore these days, uh, that's not the case. There's a lot of good, outstanding females out there competing. I can think of a lot of females right off the top of my head that you do not want to draw here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the first two winners in the TOC, old Butch and, and Connor McGregor last year, uh, two males so far, but uh, we'll see what the third year holds for sure. That's right. It's always, always interesting. And that's just the, f it, I love all of our events. We just got off the, came off the winter classic, fun event, fun and fun event. Uh, Automoke's going to be the same thing. World championship is going to be the same thing, but man, this TOC, it's, it's just different and it is so fun. Yeah. It's a lot of work, but it's fun. We're going to talk about some of the, the things that we do here that you don't see at a lot of the, some of the other events that we do uh, a little bit later on, like the live show. We actually just had a meeting about that and today, probably got our juices today, flowing right. a little bit. But Yeah, already uh, really planning for, for, yeah. So looking forward to it already. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the state breakdown some. Uh, I guess no, it should come as no surprise here for the third year in a row, Kentucky is our top qualifying state. This year, 144 dogs from the state of Kentucky. Yeah, kudos to them. Appreciate all those entries coming out of Kentucky for sure. Indiana's been in the top three or top two for the past three years as well. 121 coming from Indiana this year, along with Ohio. Ohio has been uh, third for uh, for two of the years and tied for second with Indiana one of the years. So they've been in the top three for the past three years. This year they have 104 qualifiers, and kind of rounding out the top five there: Missouri 94 and Tennessee 87. 
Yeah. So really strong numbers across the board Heck there. Yeah. Yeah, you have another category here, biggest jumps. Arkansas, 12. 12, yeah. 12 more than last year. Missouri's up 10. Oklahoma up 10. Virginia up 8. Mississippi up 8 this year. Yeah, I, just looking at it, 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 it's interesting to me that all these are kind of in the same. You could almost draw a line between uh, four of the five here yeah. from Mississippi, yeah. Arkansas, Missouri, yeah. Oklahoma. I don't know what to make of that either, that the 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 west, the western part of our qualifying area is kind of uh, going up some. I don't know what to make of it. Just one of those cyclical things, probably. Yeah, but that's but good. When you look at the biggest drops, the the uh, which is our next one here, Georgia, twenty three less yeah. than last year. Yeah, that's interesting to me. Uh, that's by far the biggest number. You get to Illinois, who dropped eleven. North Carolina dropped ten. Michigan dropped ten, and West Virginia dropped eight. Mm-hmm. So some of those are just uh, year to year things. But that Georgia one kind of interesting to me. Yeah. And now we're going to talk about uh, some of our top cast winners of the year. Uh, Try to kind of cut it off here at a clean number, but there's so many ties that basically have, I guess, what you would consider a top 10, but I think there's about 14 dogs here. Mm -hmm. So uh, our top cast winner of the year, and by far with 26 cast wins this year, Grand Knight Champion Hall of Fame, Trustees King Rolo, a tree and walker male owned by Drew Estep in Elkins, West Virginia, 26 cast wins. He's hitting it hard this year, isn't he, old Drew? He is. He's uh he's put himself in a position to win some big hunts here. He's qualified for just about everything. Twenty six cast wins. Uh, we got one dog uh, in second place. Grand Night Champion Honeycutt's Balling Buck is a tree and walker male owned by Steve Honeycutt in Thayer, Missouri. Seventeen wins. Yeah, that's uh, that's very impressive. All of these in the top ten are you know multiple or uh, double digit cast wins like this. That's uh, seventeen cast wins. That's pretty pretty impressive. Yeah, we got a whole a whole uh, we got four of them tied here with 15 wins. Uh Granite Champion Black Superstar, it's a black and tan female owned by Mark Walka in Missouri, 15 wins. Another Missouri dog here next, Granite Champion Shaq Southern Stogie, the tree and walker male owned by Cheyenne Cummings, Ronnie Smith and Ike Rainey in Seneca, Missouri, 15 wins. Uh Granite Champion 2, Roberts Backwoods Quinn, is a tree and walker female owned by Jason Roberts in over in South Carolina. 15 wins for Quinn this year. And uh, rounding out the last of the 15 winners there, Grand Knight Champion 4, Bad Habits Preacher Man. It's a crossbred male owned by Caleb Griffin of Westminster, South Carolina. Yeah, yeah. a couple of big names in there. That Stogie Dog of Cheyenne Cummings. You know, he's done quite a bit of winning here recently, and he's uh, he's kind of the hot hot hound on the circuit right now. But uh, there's uh, – I see him – Probably he's just a young dog still, and he's probably going to do a lot more winning. But yeah, there's some big names in that uh, top three. And then we have uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight of them tied for seventh place to round out our top, our imperfect top ten here. Right, all with fourteen cast wins. All fourteen cast wins. Grand Knight Champion Pierce's Finley River Chase, Tree and Walker Mail on by Matthew Pierce of Coulterville, Illinois. Grand Knight Champion 2, Tucks, Another Shade of New Gene, an ex-bred male owned by Luke Elam and Tucker Scalf of Anvil, Kentucky. Uh, champion, Grand Knight Champion, Flat Timber, Lookout Rip, a black and tan male owned by Trenton and Tristan Livingston of Greenville, Ohio. Champion, Grand Knight Champion, Simple Man's Don't Go Gabby, a tree and walker female owned by Chad Showalter of Grover Hill, Ohio. Grand Knight Champion, Flat Rock Scotty, a tree and walker female owned by Scott Peterson and Marion Cox of Tuttle, Oklahoma. Grand Knight Champion Three C's Chisholm, an ex-bred male owned by Dylan Castro of Indi, Indiahoma, Oklahoma. Grand Knight Champion Mr. Big Shot, a tree and walker male owned by Nick Baskerville of Portland, Tennessee. And kind of rounding out our ones that we're going to highlight today is Grand Knight Champion Pine Creek Blue Extreme Leah, 
an ex-bred female owned by Jimmy Don Presley and Jonathan Nichols and Martin Ballard of Bagwell, Texas. All 14 wins there. Yeah. And those are some solid hounds, you know, some of them that uh, we've heard a bunch about. And there's a couple I've not. You know, one that uh, one we won't see, unfortunately, and that's that uh, Three Seas Chisholm dog, the ex-break dog uh, out of Oklahoma, owned by Dylan Castro. Unfortunately, that uh, dog was uh, uh, was shot by, by somebody out when he was out hunting, you know, so he's kind of got a case going there. So that's very unfortunate for that dog. He had 14 wins this year, and 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 dog's gone. It's a bad deal. Bad deal. As much as I hate it, it just seems to be happening more and more. And yeah, just, man. yeah. But he's doing the right thing. He's got. Uh, he's doing. He's doing things right. He, I talked to him last week and got him some information. You know, just dog records and everything. Put all that stuff together for him. So, but yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about the TOC finals a little bit. You end up making it through the regions and you advance to our to our tournament champions finals, April thirteenth through fifteenth. That's the year. biggest thing about the finals. It is now two weeks separating the regions of the finals instead of three weeks. So there is a date change. Yep. Moved it up one weekend and we actually made it a three day event instead of a two day event. Right. So we're gonna have a one round on Thursday, one round on Friday, and then we'll have our semifinals and finals there on Saturday. Yeah, so that's gonna break down as in what? To, uh, Thursday or Thursday night, we're going to have 96 dogs, 24 casts yep. in round one. Friday night, just be those 24 dogs in six four dog casts, and then Saturday night we'll have two rounds. First round will be we'll have six dogs left. First uh, six dogs will go up in three casts, heads up, and then three dog final. Yep, should be good. It's going to be there at the same place. Three Fat Labs Estate uh, Wedding and Event Barn in Greencastle, Indiana. They've done us good there. It's a great venue. Yep. A little bit different than any place else we go to during the year for Coonhounds, at least. And, uh, and we'll probably have more coverage than we've had at any uh, event ever. So we've mentioned today we had our, our one of our meetings for, for event coverage, and uh, and I'm liking what they're putting together for it this year, for yeah, sure. Absolutely. Uh, talk about uh, some of the finals formats. Uh, first thing, $250,000 up for grabs when you go there this weekend or that weekend. Uh, for anybody who go who advances to the finals, you make it there, you lose in the first round, well, at least you get 1000 bucks. Yep. We have 72 dogs that will make it there, lose yep. in the first round, and they'll at least get 1000 bucks for their trouble right. for going there, hopefully pay for their trip and uh, have a little left over for their pocket. Uh, round two non-winners, you make it to Friday night, you lose your cast on uh, Friday night. Quarterfinals, you still go home with thirty five hundred bucks. Yep, be eighteen of those to get thirty five hundred. Make it to Saturday night early round to the semifinals. Uh, there's three heads up casts. You're one of the three that lose those heads up casts. Still getting a five thousand dollar check. Yeah. And then for our final cast, hundred thousand dollars up for grabs. Yep. And how's that breakdown? Twenty, thirty, and fifty. Twenty, thirty, and fifty. Not bad at all. Not bad at all. So uh, obviously, once you get to once we get to this final. Uh, cat, final finals here. We're going to have all non-hunting judges for the whole, the entirety of the rest of the event. Uh, Thursday, such a such a fun day here at this event. It is really is. It's uh, when you come up, you confirm your entry, you kind of get your goodies. You know, you go get your official picture taken. We got a nice catered dinner coming in. Yep. Again, we're going to be confirming between three and five, just like they did at the region. Same time. Just bring your dog in at those times. Get in line. And and one uh, slight difference this year than last year, and it was caused by some of the issues that we had last year, is that we're going to be going to the full elimination style format, which we've talked about that in full in some of our past episodes. But it's right. important to note, because it is in the event ad if you haven't read it, cast winners will be determined for advancement regardless of the score. So uh, you could even you could win with zero or even some minus points as long as you uh, end with the total uh, – 
total, you know, with the highest total score mm-hmm. at the end of it, you can still advance even yeah. if you don't have plus points. Yeah. And if anybody has any questions for that, we do now have a section in our rule book, updated rule book uh, for full elimination format events. Go read that. And this will be in play for this event. Yep. Um, and, and kind of the last thing to talk about there, and we, you alluded to it a little bit, the live shows there. Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't gone and, and watched some of the past ones, you know, we're, I think if you could see a good progression for how, where we started back yeah. in the 2021 TOC to where we are now in our live show coverage. Um, and this, this weekend we're going to, we got some things planned. I think on Thursday night, we're going to do uh, some live show stuff and we'll be advertising that stuff as we get closer to time. But I think on Thursday uh, we're going to be interviewing winners as they come in is kind of the plan. If you've watched the finals of the world championship last year, kind of uh, in a similar vein to that, uh, something similar to that. And then uh, Friday, we won't be doing any live show stuff on YouTube, but you can expect really good event coverage from us on yeah. all our social media platforms. Mm-hmm. Be sure you got us on Facebook, UKC Coonhounds or UKC Hunting Ops or even Instagram. the UKC Coonhounds. Go to our Instagram pages, UKC or uh, UKC Hunting Ops, and all the and our our website as well. We'll be posting probably cash breakdowns and results in real time as they come in. So right. we were not going to leave you in the dark. And then on Saturday was kind of the hit of last year. Uh, we had the three heads up casts. We were having live uh, updates from the from the woods. We had monitors out in the woods who were sending us cast updates as they were going. If anybody remembers the Piper and Bonnie cast, yeah, uh, was such a huge deal and and had everybody buzzing as Piper made her comeback when Bonnie checked out on yeah. on Zach and and then once they come in, we get a couple of interviews and we head straight back out yeah. for the final cast and we'll try to get as much live footage from out there as we can as our uh, our panel of experts break it down and and keep you in the loop as we go. So, so yeah, get your uh, get your dogs entered in the regions and good luck to everybody and we'll see ninety six of them at the TOC finals. Looking forward to it. Me too. Thanks for listening to the UKC Hunting Ops podcast. Be sure to give us a follow wherever you get your podcast so you don't miss out on new episodes.